Love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. again and thank you for joining us on another exciting adventure into future options and possibilities. This is Mission Evolution where we share innovative thoughts and information with today's leading experts bringing evolutionary solutions to today's unique challenges. Dear audience, you're a very important part of this discussion. Email info at missionevolution.org with any comments or questions. We'll address them on the very next show. So take notes, sit back and enjoy. We have a special treat for you today. This is part one of a profound two-part series entitled Gifts of the Ancients, Prophecies and Practices Offering Powerful Guidance for Today. In this, part one, the Aztec calendar and Toltec prophecies, predictions of our times, we'll share thoughts with Mexican healer and practitioner of the ancient Toltec and Aztec lineages, Sergio Magana. For as long as there have been humans, there have been prophecies that predict future events. However, the problem with predictions is not so much their accuracy, but the quality of their interpretation. Over the years, many misinterpretations have led to hype and hysteria ending in a non-event. An example, when the Mayan calendar was misread as 12-21-12, being the end of the world rather than simply the end of one era of influence and the beginning of the next. With repeated misreadings of prophetic material and the resulting non-events, it's tempting to toss our hands up and disregard the entire concept. Therein lies a huge mistake, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Comparative mythology and the study of many ancient several uh, sacred texts reveals prophecies from our ancestors that appear to be unfolding in modern times. Are there powerful, accurate predictions that can provide guidance for our unprecedented times? Can they be found hidden in the ancient material passed down for generations? If so, the key would be found in the equally ancient art of interpretation. With us this hour to examine the Aztec calendar and the Toltec prophecies as they apply to today is Sergio Magana. Sergio is a practitioner and teacher of a spiritual lineage that began 5,000 years ago in Mesoamerica with the Chichimecas and was passed on to the Aztec. He's a renowned Mexican healer and practitioner of the ancient Toltec and Aztec lineages. Sergio's training is from Toll of Dreaming, the same school of wisdom that was traditionally taught to priests, rulers, and warriors. He's not only undergone numerous initiations, but the complete training of this lineage. Sergio was the author of several books, his newest, The Real Toltec Prophecies, How the Aztec Calendar Predicted Modern-Day Events and Reveals a Pathway to a New Era of Humankind. His website, sergiomagana.com. Sergio, on behalf of our listeners and myself, thanks for joining us to share your ancestral wisdom. No, thanks uh, thanks to you, Welda. It's such a pleasure for me to to be with you, such a kind lady. And I have to tell your listeners that we have been dealing with challenges to to share the information, but in the best and kindest and lo- and with a lot a lot of love, we are putting it together to try to help. So thank you for the opportunity. It's so wonderful to have you. Um, so 
how how did you first become interested in esoteric work? Um, I think that by nothing is coincidence, but um, my mother uh, used to work, and um, my I I am the fourth of, of four uh, children. I am the the youngest one, and the my my siblings they had a nanny that took care uh, of them, but then she married in the moment that I was going to be born and a new nanny came. Uh, I was the only one that kind of raised by her and she was the daughter of the uh, healer, the curandero, of an indigenous group, the Otomis, that lived very close to Mexico City. And she was supposed to be the next in the line uh, uh, of her lineage but for uh, certain circumstances, she couldn't fulfill it in that way. But she raised me like, like, like her children, like her child, actually. And she was Catholic, actually, because it was a syncretism between indigenous wisdom with Catholicism. But I saw many things like how uh, smudging or cleansing with eggs, like containers of, of eggs and, and things worked. So I was really like curious uh, because I was a child and I loved like the, all these things before Harry Potter about magicians and that. So for me, that was like the closest to the, what I could see in films or in, uh, in the TV about uh, creating, manifesting, healing. Mm. So you're a practitioner of the ancient Tolok and Aztec lineages. Tell us about your uh, training and teachers. Yeah, of course, uh, it's, a, it's a long journey for, from the nanny. I was interested um, in, in the, I saw, uh, I think the, the main benefit of the early childhood is that for me, I saw that both systems worked. For example, I had a traditional family, doctors, the scientific uh, method, and the other one that, and actually my nanny uh, told, uh, me never tell your parents that I do this because they are going to fire me. Then at the end, when she died, I knew that she was doing it to my mother, to one sister, and to me. But everyone in secret, <laughs> we all kept our words. So I saw that it wasn't because then if you grow without seeing that, probably like many uh, people, that that their cultures kind of perished. Uh, not perished, but disappeared in uh, in other religions or something. They believed that it was nonsense, that probably didn't work, or it was just uh, uh, something that but, uh, that wasn't valid. But like I saw it like as valid as the other. And then I, of course, you never think that I, you are going to work in this. It wasn't even in my wildest uh, thought and dream. Uh, I wanted to be an actor. I went to a, a, a casting for a radio show, exactly, about the spirituality. I was in your place, Wilda, uh, interviewing a lot of people, of course, with my own practice of, of many things, about energy, angels, things that some of with them I agreed, others not. But it was like my job that I liked, because, of course, it made you... Uh, uh, to, uh, it forced me to, to do uh, a good research, to know what you are talking about, and, and many things. But So where did you find your first teacher? Um, actually, that, that's the magic. That sometimes, now that I have been doing these interviews for, for the real Toltec prophecies, I said, wow, I never realized how magic. Uh, one of the carriers of the of the ancient lineages of Mexico that were transmitted from master to student, uh, his job actually to pay his bills uh, was to, uh, to be a driver. So normally he was listening to the radio while he drive. And then he said that suddenly he heard me and he said, here's the one. Like the one, not not the chosen one to uh, nothing like that. The one that is going to share the information of, of my lineage with the world, and the, actually the the carrier of the voice. And he in, in through that uh, uh, radio show we were sponsoring workshops. 
he started coming and I remember him because he interrupted and interrupted adding more information and some people were annoyed and in the breaks he was telling me that no I didn't come to learn anything I came to teach you in the beginning I said yeah no but because in the spiritual world many people uh, sometimes uh, with a lot of ego are confused about um, signs or dreams they have and they assume they are uh, the reincarnation of Christ or of Quetzalcoatl or Buddha. I have heard so many things during 20 So how, how long did you study with this gentleman? Oh, like 10 years, uh, once a week. Uh, when he convinced me the third try, I, gave, I told him, I give you one hour. And in that hour, he explained half of the book, The Real Toltec Prophecies, in my first class. So I said, okay, I think he really came to teach me. And, and uh, we, came, uh, we went like that. Uh, we, um, Thursdays, like 10 years, once a week, three to four hours. And then he introduced me some of his friends of the, of the tradition that trained me other days. So it was kind of magical. I didn't look for that. And it came and suddenly I was studying two, two or three times a week the Mexican tradition from the ancient language, cosmology, uh, calendars, and, and, and not even thinking about becoming a keeper or nothing. Just, I said, okay, it's, it's useful even for the radio show and to talk about Mexican things in a Mexican show. Uh, but it, it wasn't like we even seeing like a future, even uh, because you present me really different, like uh, normally in the interviews, you said like the interpretation and that. I never pretended to interpret. Actually, I was just being taught, in, in, for example, to know your own astrology, the characteristics of the monkey or the Lisa and like that. And through that, I began seeing that it's exactly what was meant in the big cycles. So just to know me and to be able to do like a natal chart, then I, I saw and they told me the similarities between that and the major, major picture. And that's when, when I think when you don't pretend to, to know or something and like antibiotics that were found by coincidence is like, oh, okay. When you get to the more accurate, I think, uh, answers, because you weren't even looking for that. Right. So what's the difference between the Aztec calendar and the Mayan one? Um, the, both of them have a similar uh, origin. The first known official calendar comes from the center of Mexico, close uh, a little bit to the, down to the south uh, of Acapulco in the Pacific, that were the Mixtecs and Zapotecs. From there, it is like the uh, like two groups uh, move one to the south and the other to the north. From the groups that move to the south uh, comes the what we know as the Mayan calendar. And from the ones that uh, went to the north uh, comes the what we know about like Aztec. I have to say they are not even Mayan, they are not Aztec, uh, they are recapi uh, the recapitulation of many, many, many cultures that at the end uh, someone took the credit. For example, the, the sunstone was carved in the time of the Aztecs, that's why it's named like that. But it's a huge body of knowledge of thousands of years of groups moving and that's why they have similar counts like uh, kind of weeks of 13 days, months of uh, 20. Of course, they were in weeks and months, but uh, just that people understand. But like they have many similarities. Certain things were like different. For example, the long count. That is exactly what is uh, the time that is important now for us. You um, were just about out of time in, in this uh, segment, but you mentioned the horoscope and our, our signs and our chart. And uh, how does that relate to the Mayan calendar? And we'll probably have to pick up with it on the other side. How does that relate to the Mayan and the Aztec calendars? Uh, for example, the, the long count that, uh, that I want to, to say is not Mexican. It is a number that was seen by many, many cultures 
for example, Egyptians, so uh, name it precession of equinoxes. In the Western astrology, it was splitted in the 12 astrological signs that are the eras in, in the Mayan and Aztec suns. Well, we are going to have to pick up on that explanation on the other side of a quick commercial break. Sergio and I will return shortly, so don't you go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. again, this is Mission Evolution, missionevolution.org. To all our faithful and thoughtful listeners, we really value your opinion and would love to hear from you. What do you think about ancient prophecies as they apply to modern times? This in from a member of our audience regarding the episode entitled, When Life Doesn't Go As Planned, Create an Alchemical Experience. BD shares, I love what your guest brought to the topic of transmuting our experience by sharing his own. It gave me hope, and inspiration. Thanks, BD. Michael, indeed, was an extraordinary man with a remarkably inspiring story. Curious, dear audience? Visit our archives at missionevolution.org. Listen to the episode entitled, When Life Doesn't Go As Planned, Create an Alchemical Experience, and let us know what you think. Email me at info at missionevolution.org and give me your thoughts or questions, and we can share them on the very next show. With us this hour discussing the ancient prophecies of his lineage is Sergio Magana. His website, sergiomagana.com. Sergio, we were just talking about the uh, commonalities between what we now today know as the horoscope and our natal charts and what's found in the um, Aztec and um, Mayan calendar. If you'd continue, please. Of course. Uh, so uh, we were saying that I think to, to make these explanations that were very common in the, uh, I think I heard it many times in the past 20 years about the change from the um, Pisces era to the, uh, to the Aquarius era and, and like that, you should know uh, like the characteristics of someone born by in the, uh, under this uh, Pisces or Aquarius. And from there, it is created like, I think, the big, big picture. I don't know exactly in which order, but they have uh, similarities. So in the, in the Mexican tradition, it's exactly the same. So let's, let's clarify. You're talking about, uh, as a person, if you're born in, say, the Piscean era, that's the, the time of year you were born. However, if you're talking about the Piscean era... Um, it's uh, how many how many years is in an era versus a year for our horoscope? They split the twenty six thousand five hundred years. That is a common uh, number in twelve, and so it is like two thousand one hundred something. Uh, because they didn't split it exactly. Sometimes, uh, if you Google it, they will tell you that uh, some era of the horoscope has like 50 years more, the other 30 less, something like that. But it's very, very so, similar. So mm -hmm. basically, the ages are like an overlording um, pattern that is reflected in the shorter patterns carried by the horoscope. And so you're saying that the same influences apply. Exactly. That's that's the what looks so complex and it's so easy. Finally, when you understand about these calendars, they are 
telling you about repetitive patterns that in a long, long period are going to be reduced cyclically until the minimal me measures of time, for example, in, in the Mexican tradition, it could be reduced more, but the, there are like four fractions of 18 minutes that create what could be named like an hour. That measure based in four will go to hours, will go to days, will go to years, and will go to cycles of thousands of years. Okay, so if we're looking at that, <laughs> this gets complicated, and yet it is simple. It's just math, isn't it? So if we're looking at that, if we're in the Piscean era, but we are in the month of Pisces, that's going to be different than the Piscean era in the month of uh, Aquarius. Is that correct? Yeah. The, uh, it will be, for example, uh, normally in, in calendars uh, that I'm saying I'm just a student and not an astrologer. And that's the advantage because I saw it, I see it with uh, curiosity. So is if we are in the Piscean era, in Pisces, it will be emphasized the Pisces characteristics. So normally you see the ones that repeat and they will be dominant. And from there, you get like a complete idea because it has many, many different aspects. Well, now I've got a curiosity here, and this has always been a curiosity for me, speaking of curiosities. <laughs> um, how long ago were these calendars um, uh, brought into, into being on our planet? Ooh, uh, for example, we have in everywhere in the world the official story and the oral traditions or non-official that they really differ. So at least the procession of equinoxes uh, known by the Egyptians should have like uh, four to five thousand years. The Mexican ones officially, the first ones were found three thousand years. But they cover cycles of uh, the Vedic ones, for example. Uh, they don't. Uh, we don't have official date, but they are covering even longer dates, like cycles of eighty thousand uh, something years. That is also the the twenty six thousand five hundred years uh, multiplied in four. So you <laughs> so it gets right up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there okay. is, there is, is the st the story keeps on, <laughs> just as four times the, to the to the long longest measure you have, and right. then you will have the next one. Right. So um, within the ages that these um, cycles were discovered and started to be implemented, um, we didn't have telescopes. Um, we didn't have uh, Hubble out there. We, we didn't have any of this. Where did the information come from? That's uh, a question that normally people would love, depending where you are interviewed, to say extraterrestrial intelligence. <laughs> that, that, that's what they want to hear, uh, that normally people want, want to hear come out from your lips. So I will say it, extraterrestrial intelligence. But so I how did we access this extraterrestrial intelligence? That's a mouthful. How did no. we access this in order to get the accurate calendars that we have today? No, I am not sure about that. I just said it <laughs> to please the, the ears of the people. Because we don't know. It, it could be simply, like you said, mathematics. I could just see how if, if the shadow in the moment of an equinox moves point, point zero, 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 zero millimeters from one year to the other and calculate how long will take to the, to the next uh, to be in the same place. It could be mathematics without any ETs and, and conspiracy theory. It may yeah. be. So I am, I am in both sides. And actually, I love to think about the possibility of human beings uh, developing, because it's logic. If you just calculate, uh, uh, of course, you need a lot of, of uh, a sense of how things work, that everything must have an order of movement, because it's logic. If it, so you're, you're, you're saying that either the information came from off-planet extra, extraterrestrials, or it was extrapolated mathematically. 
that's uh, between many options. I don't want to, uh, to tell you all the, all the fantastic, not fantastic stories, because I don't think that's important. For me, it sounds a lot more and not logical because I, I, am, a, I am a man of faith, not an skeptical and nothing. But for me, it's even like to just to watch days, moon cycles that they are, uh, uh, you can check it out at least uh, one year. And then you will know that they are very similar. If not, they have an order. For example, if not, the days will be, uh, if they are in good mood, 44 hours, and then the next uh, moon cycle, 29, and that. No, they repeat. So if things repeat, it's logical, and nothing interrupts that the movement of the shade will go in a, in a long, 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 long journey back to the starting point. And from so there... So we're, we're talking cyclic, that we, we, it's a circle or a spiral, actually. And if it's a spiral, then things do change, yes? They change, but at the same time, let's, let's be very concrete in what is happening now. Uh, the, apparently, the circle, cycle, spiral, it's of our sun around the Pleiades for the ancient Mexicans. And... If I am getting to the same starting point, I am in a similar point, but the Pleiades should be in a different one in their own spiral or ellipse or whatever you would like to, to name it. So it's similar but new. That's uh, in the way that you can predict. Like every morning, it's similar to the previous one, but it's a new one. So, the, again, we have these cycles within cycles and everything up there is spinning around. We know this, right? And, and so the, the calendar is a mapping of the relative positioning and therefore the influences, energetic influences of what's going on in the galaxy. Is that correct? Uh, I, don't, I don't think only in the galaxy. Right. <laughs> it, could be, it could be far beyond. It's just, and it's, uh, it's based, uh, I, I think it will be clear with this. The other name of the calendar is in Nahuatl, Nahui Olin, that means four movements. And it is said that the only logic of the universe is that moves in the base four. Four phases of the moon to complete a cycle, four uh, main moments of the day to go to the next one, to solstices, to equinoxes, and that we, it will keep repeating Forever, uh, outside that makes more sense. and inside. That makes more sense as to why four is such a sacred number among many indigenous tribes. And it's based on that. It's just because it's true. Dawn, midday, sunset, midnight phases. And it keeps repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. So if it works in the, in the small cycles, it has to work in the big ones. But our calendar is much less um, accurate um, than the Mayan calendar, from what I've understood and studied. Where did we go wrong? Mm, if we're that, only counting years, what's going on there? Of course, the, uh, if you know actually the, the Mayan and the Aztec calendars and that, you see all the measures in our calendar. But of course, all of them are hidden. No one tells you why it's measured the, the time in 60 minutes, 60 seconds, why the year is split in 52 weeks of seven days, and everything is there but hidden. So if you don't know, you just leave it. And it's, it's like, uh, for example, uh, being very honest, I never self-inquire myself why the year is uh, of 365 days why the weeks are of seven days and not ten i never i just thought it is like that but if you really have like the source of information you will find that the same measures are there what's the difference the people that know it uh, once you validate measures of time 
then you validate the order that you would like to rule in society. Ooh, repeat that one and explain it to me. Uh, and this is not conspiracy theory, it's just the reality. If I put the measures without explaining anyone why, and the minutes are 60 seconds and an and order, then I am imposing certain measures that could be others that will create effects in the society. So I am kind of Saturn, Kronos, the king of time. <laughs> well, king of time, we'll have to meet you on the other side of a commercial <laughs> break. It is time for a quick pause. Sergio and I will return to our discussion shortly, which is just starting to get interesting. So you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. back. This is Mission Evolution. Did you know our entire Leading Edge Information Packed past episode collection is available to listen or download with our compliments? Visit our archives at www.missionevolution.org for our ever-growing selection of guests and topics. To find out more about me, Quilda Wiecka, and the other things I offer, visit www.findyourpathhome.com. Our guest this hour is Sergio Magana. We're speaking about the real Toltec prophecies. His website, sergiomagana.com. So, oh, great master of time. We were talking (laughs) about how if you control the time, you control people. Would you go into that a little bit more for me, please? It could go really deep and sound uh, like groups of power dominating, or it can be very simple. And I want to keep everything simple. Uh, we talked about 52 weeks of seven days, that actually is a measure between the position of Orion and the Pleiades every year, that we know about because of the Mexican tradition. Will, will it change something if the time, it may sound uh, not logical, but it is. Uh, if it was measured like seven weeks of 52 days, instead or in the other way, everything would be organized different in order to fit. So everything is organized according to time. And time is basically illusion. Yeah, completely. <laughs> but yeah. but it's, so we are organized based in an illusion that even in the scientific um, explanations that are accepted is giving shape to the three dimensions. An illusion that gives shape. So it is and it's not, but everything is organized through that. So actually it's a great power to move time or to organize it. You put the rules. So I want to change directions here a little bit, but there was much hype and hysteria around the Mayan calendar predicting the end of the world in 1221-12. Obviously the world didn't end. So do you have an explanation of what happened there? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's like watches or clocks. They are uh, circles. In a circle, when you finish in, in a certain point, it keeps on. So it's just a mis- misinterpretation that was done. Actually, the only uh, original phrases that kept from that time is the fifth sun will finish with earthquakes. There will be a lot of suffering and everyone will die. From those three lines came 2,100 books about the end of the world, the new (laughs) golden era, and that. So imagine from three lines, how much could it be there? Uh, Real imagination, intuition. So, and actually, that's why uh, I wanted them to study the language. 
because I said, if you don't know, uh, probably not to be an expert in Mayan or in Nahuatl, but at least you should know what they are referring to. So, for example, the word death. Death is not only physical death. Every major change was named death. It was said that from conception, birth, uh, to get married was a death because it was a huge change. So with that, the interpretation may change with the word death a lot. Yeah, it's like my, my um, I went to a priest one time, me and my curiosity always got me in trouble. And I said, it, you know, between science and, and what's being taught in the church, it doesn't make sense that the world was created in seven days. He says, well, it does if you understand the language, because in the language, day meant period of time. And that just tied everything back together for me. It's like language is so subjective. And as, as we move forward and the meaning of the words change, because we move forward, the way they were said at the time is misinterpreted more often than it's interpreted correctly. Is that what you found? Of course. No, I, I, in the, uh, I didn't read everything, but in the 2,100 books about 2012, I never heard about death described like changed with examples. Of course, like New Year and that uh, referring to, but every major change, if you change of country, if you change of job, it's a death that comes. So are you... Are you do you think that if we are to use these ancient forms as divinational tools, that we really need to understand the translation and the original language? Uh, yeah, and the basis, like I told you, I never pretended to be prophet and to, work, uh, to write about this and that. I was just trying to understand myself through my horoscope. And then you, you need to know, because it's the same, like Pisces and that, but with lizards, with monkeys, with turkeys that are the archetypes of this side, and they are giving characteristics of times. So to know, because if not, there is no, uh, for example, the, the third period of the third sun, uh, it is referred like a time when humankind became turkeys. Of course, that doesn't make any sense and possibility. It is. It can only, with the logic mind, qualify like barbarians, how <laughs> turkeys. But the turkey is the symbol of ego because of not being pretty when they are flirting. They move like if they were precious, and so it's the false illusion of being more or or less. And that because of that, it ended with a, uh, a complete. Uh, fi uh, rain of fire and fire destroys and that the turkeys are like the the uh, how can I say like uh, the, here to remember us that we shouldn't fall in the ego this can have all the sense of the world or not if you know that mm -hmm. so if we are using these interpretations, and of course we have to dance with them very carefully. Um, but when everybody was jumping on the bandwagon of hype and hysteria and it's going to be the end of the world, it was actually an end of a cycle and the beginning of a new one, correct? Yes. Okay, so if that's the case, how long did that ending last? Because everybody was writing about it like, okay, on the date, the date, 12 21 12, it's all going to heck in a handbasket, right? How long does that transition last, though? It's not just a day, is it? It's not, of course. Uh, the, the Mayan calendar actually covers a little bit more of uh, in the cycles of time. So, they, if, of course, if you get more information, you have to create, um, I don't know if, if I can name it like that, precision, but terms to define very specific things. So it gets, uh, if you are specializing your interpretation, then you have to say, this year will be this baktun, and the next the one, this one, like in our calendar, that probably it will be 2020 and the next day 2021. But there are others that kept it, uh, keep it simple, like the center of Mexico. 
it says it's like in nature. Everything should imitate the small cycles. So in a dawn, it's darkness and slowly, slowly some light shows. Then they we are like in this bill half and half, and then it becomes uh, the day, the new day. And for the ancient ones of the center of Mexico, that period between suns took 29 years every time. And so by that theory <laughs> or understanding, we could very easily still be in that transition that was supposed to happen 12-21-12. And I have to say, looking around us, it looks pretty much like we are. Yes. Actually, for the other count, <laughs> uh, the transition started, uh, everything was about eclipses. And for that, I am completely sure it's true. Why? Because if you go to one of the uh, most beautiful temples in all Mexico, I think, is the Quetzalcoatl Temple in a place that is called Xochicalco, that is like two hours from Mexico City. And there in the Quetzalcoatl, Quetzalcoatl is not, not only the, the feather serpent, it's the rising serpent, the precious knowledge, a level of consciousness. So, the people that work at Salcoatl were like the, in plural, were the wise of, of all the groups. So, in that temple... Is, is that the place where they have that temple and the shadow at the equinox will show a, a yeah. snake? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 that's Mayan, that's Chichen Itza. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but... And, and But the special thing about this temple, because normally in the Quetzalcoatl temples, you have all these connotations about uh, a serpent rising back, similar to Kundalini. This is different because it's like a meeting in which you see different uh, people that they look uh, like some more African, like where they all mix, some more from like the center of Mexico, some more Mayans, because it's... it's if you see Mexico, you can define, okay, this should be from the south and that according to, to how they look. So the wise people from all the tribes were having a gathering that was to adjust the calendar. And according to the keepers, that those gatherings happen every 52 years to make adjustments. So, and in that temple, it's carved the symbol of a crocodile eating like a ball that is the symbol of eclipse. And it's eight times in the temple. So eclipses should be very important. So, so they reset our alignment with the galactic movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why... And so that, that starts to make sense to me, why we have those mounds in Ireland that the sun comes through the door and shines in the center on the morning of the spring equinox. And, you know, the... Um, all these different sacred sites that we have that are aligned so that when the when the sun rises on the morning of the equinox, it hits in a particular place. And people would adjust their sense of timing based on when it hit. Of course, that's what I told you. If you measure that, that, that point, then you can calculate when it's going back. If nothing changes and the measures keep constant, when it will go back to the same the starting position. That's also, doesn't that align the people with the actual frequencies going on? So it's like we get a reset. Yes, because uh, even though that it uh, hits in a, in a certain point, uh, in a certain time, that is similar. But like I told you, it's different. It will be in other angle from the perspective of the universe and the angle of the sun is what rules the consciousness. So that's why if you are, for example, in, in these temples that you are describing, in the part of the, the left, uh, the upper left part uh, creates like a type of consciousness. In the lower left part, other type. And like that, it keeps moving and repeating. Now, the Lakota go to the Black Hills. That's why it was their sacred land. And they, they do a pilgrimage there every year um, to, again, align the holy people and therefore the people with the way life is working. So they would reset every year. It makes me wonder how, how we're suffering in the Western world that we don't do this anymore. Are we totally out of sync with life? Uh, yeah. But certain groups that apparently 
promote that this is nonsense, they align themselves. So it's like a double, um, we would say it's moralistical double that I do what I criticize. So, but normally people was just thought that going Sundays to the church will, at least in the previous time, solve everything and that you, you didn't need to align yourself with nothing else. And, but it's not true. Everything is in movement. And actually, I'm so astonished, mesmerized is the word, about the scriptures. For example, the, for the Toltecs and Aztecs, the new sun is called uh, the white sun, like that. And recently I have seen many documentaries and, and things about how people have been taking pictures of the sun and how from the 60s to now it's becoming whiter. <laughs> well, we're going to have to pick up on that ever-whitening sun again on the other side of a commercial break. Sergio and I will be back shortly to continue our discussion, so don't go away. This is Mission Evolution on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I love to hear from our audience. Your thoughts are very important to me. To suggest a topic or guest that you think would be of interest, email info at missionevolution.org. To find out more about me, Golda Wiecka, and the other things I offer, visit www.findyourpathhome.com. This hour, we're sharing thoughts with Sergio Magana. His website, sergiomagana.com. So, Gio, we were talking about the ever-whitening sun. So, would you pick up on that for us? Yes, of course. Uh, all the suns that give characteristics are named uh, in a certain way. This is the white sun. But now that we're approaching, I didn't think it was really, really important. But uh, this uh, information of people watching of the sun, uh, at least not that the sun really... Uh, uh, in, uh, is becoming whiter, but in the in certain per, uh, places and in the same time, it looks whiter for us. And what counts is our perception. And actually, if for example, I lived in in, in England, and in, and then I I said uh, I thought the 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 sun shines a little bit less, not because of cloudy and that, because it was more like the saber uh, lights whiter and then if you travel to Spain it became a, a little bit uh, more yellow and bright so the position and changes actually the consciousness and and defines the psychology of of the area if they work a lot if they like fun <laughs> not of everyone but it affects a lot so, we know that there's um I'm trying to remember his name, a scientist, uh, Dmitriev. He's a Russian scientist, and he has he believes that the sun has moved into a higher charged uh, portion of the galaxy, which would make sense given the cycles that we're, we're talking. And he says that the, it's causing excitation of the plasma on the leading edge of the sun's heliosphere. That's being fed into the sun's electromagnetic field, which in turn is being fed into the uh, interplanetary space. So that also could be affecting the uh, energetic color of the sun, couldn't it? Yeah, or, or at least our perception of it. Mm -hmm. something, right. something is changing. And it, now a lot of people doesn't notice it because it's looking uh, even from the sun and the moon through the cell phones. But if you <laughs> just watch and you keep a record, things repeat and things change. And the the white sun, it's but for me it was like wonderful that it started like the change, where it was predicted thousands of years ago that it was going to be named white sun. Why no one knows, but suddenly very close it's becoming white, at least in our perception. And 
And it's amazing. It's amazing because it's like, uh, for me, it makes me feel safe that there is an intelligence behind not calling it God or something, but an order that if you learn to adjust yourself to the order, then it's just like sailing in, in proper weather. So if we're using the calendar to adjust ourselves to the order, uh, that puts us in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing um, to manifest what we want, doesn't it? Of course. And so, so what predictions um, have have you seen, or that you spoke about in your book, actually, what predictions do we see coming true, and how do you interpret them? Okay, first, like I told you, it was like a cycle of 29 years. The first 20 uh, were defined like an external change, that everything outside us was going to change, and of course, we cannot deny that technology, mails, uh, computers, internet, yeah, created, for example, I, I I grew, I was still raising the previous sun before all these advances, and I remember to send postcards and to wait two weeks or three, things like that. And it has really changed. But the last nine were predicted like to be challenging ones because the inner change, the real, real inner change would start with uh, crossing through the underworlds. So many things have happened, like 2020, that for the in the Aztec count, it hasn't ended. Actually, now we are in the, it ends on Saturday, the 12th. So we are in the day uh, out of the count, the ones to empty yourself, purificate, and recapitulate what happened in the previous cycle to uh, prepare yourself for the new one. So that's the going into the dark, like the shamanic death, isn't it? Yeah, and actually, like I told you, we cannot trust many of the things that were written because the the monks and the conquistadors thought that they were the days of very, very bad luck because they saw the, the, the ancient uh, people to disappear. They weren't in the markets and they... <laughs> And they thought they are hiding of spirits. No, they were fasting. They were doing sweating lodges. They were purifying, like it happens in many traditions, in order to be to have to to start a new cycle in a better way. Well, you know, this brings up, you know, everybody in day-to-day life, everybody's, you know, complaining about when do we get to go back to normal? But from what you're telling me, there were, there is no going back to the old normal. There is purifying yourself to prepare for creating a new one. Yeah, because the new sun, uh, metaphorically, that I think it's the easy way to, to see it. The suns were like compared to the four movements of the day. Some will have characteristics from the dawn to midday, midday to sunset, and like that. So the fifth one, that is the one that is finishing, was one that uh, ruled from the sunset to the midnight. So when they start uh, in, with the sunlight, Normally, it's like being in the waking state, in our conscious mind, with our eyes opened. And when you have your eyes opened, your perception goes outside. So normally, the society has this tendency to place God and the Creator outside, medicine outside, satisfaction. They are very good for war, conquering, getting things, because everything is outside. Uh, of course, there's certain people that keeps the knowledge of the inside in order to a most auspicious time to, to the comeback. And now we're entering one of the midnight that is like closing your eyes. If you close your eyes, there is no outside. So, so if we're going into the midnight, how long is that supposed to last? No, no, that lasted 6,625 years. But we are in the final, final point uh, we are like 10 to 12 <laughs> to midnight. <laughs> so as we reach the new dawn, it's been called a lot, what's going to change? How is our perception going to change in that we're opening our eyes, but we're focused outward? Will that uh, tend to have us looking outside for answers? 
the people that want the previous normal, if we can call it normal, uh, yeah, it was normal. It was it was uh, because everything is normal. Different perceptions. Uh, it's like you do different things in the sunset than in the night. So, but for the people that is just wanting uh, or God or medicine or the things from the outside to solve their life, it's not going to work in the new order. It things that were it not becoming that I am the God and everything, because that's a huge mistake. But to see that what you thought like power of creation was outside, to place it also inside and in very concrete places, like the gap between your thoughts, very similar to meditation. The when you are sleeping in the first uh, cycles of dream in Delta that is deep sleep to get lucidity and conscious there in order to amplify the program of your ancestors of the abilities of healing of your body in your dreams that are the pure expression of the inside and unconscious mind in order to create the outer mind that will be your life and many things so um, hopefully next week we're going to get into more of the, the dream work and how each individual can use some of these techniques to, to help adjust to where we're going and to become co-creators versus victims of fate. Um, but explain to me one more time, we're going into the light time. Does that mean we have to work harder to access the interior? It's more likely that we'll be focused on the exterior? No, no, we're going into the midnight. So we're actually... Okay. We're we're going to the darkness, but not in the way that is interpreted like light, good, darkness, bad. Yeah, it's, right. No, just in the interior, right? Yeah, it's like, like in the Bible. From the darkness came the light. So mm -hmm. it's going to the origin. So, uh, and I want to keep it really, really simple. If, we, if I have to close my eyes and there is no outside, I have to manage it in a certain way. The first thing is to begin placing things inside in order to solve the solution. That may, and we're in the middle point. If you see what happened in the past nine years uh, from a complete world looking outside, it made like a huge shift to a middle point. Uh, that is technology. Now almost no one is looking outside but is looking to their telephone. So we are in a middle point that eventually uh, these things about the small fails in technology that are happening here, there, 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 will make the, the, the compass change, like not only like change of poles, but change of our poles to look inside to our inner self. As we look into our inner self, though, isn't that really an excellent access point to all that is? Of course. But first of all, we must trust uh, in our inner self, because if we have been told, and it comes in our genetic memories, that we are not perfect. Of course, we're not talking about perfection in an idealistic way. That... Uh, we are destructive, that we are punished or we get prizes from an external force, then to establish that confidence that in, in the inner force, actually it, it, it sounds like a Star Wars, but it's truth, that may take you to other places. And, and probably the, the most beautiful ones that go beyond what you ever thought. Be because actually thoughts are part of the, of the light, the external uh, world, and are defined by an external world. The inner force doesn't have a shape, so it doesn't have a limit. The one that you want to put. So by moving inward, we're actually removing a lot of our restrictions, aren't we? Uh, yeah, it may remove all of them, if you, <laughs> if you wish. <laughs> Actually, the best example that I can give you, that now that uh, I am doing a new book, that the main thing that I, I think, and it's not me also, the Theosophical Schools, value of the Toltecs is that they 
put like example the dreams like how should it be when you are in the contact in contact with the inner force in a well, dream we're going to have to call it call it unfortunately we're out of time i just it went so fast and so we'll pick up on a lot of this next week when sergio is going to take us into the further dream world our guest this hour has been Sergio Magana, author of The Real Toltec Prophecies, How the Aztec Calendar Predicted Modern-Day Events and Reveals a Pathway to a New Era of Humankind. Sergio is a renowned Mexican healer and practitioner of the ancient Toltec and Aztec lineages. His website, sergiomagana.com. Remember, our entire information-packed Fast Episode collection is available for listener download, free of charge. Visit our archives at www.missionevolution.org for our ever-growing selection of guests and topics. This has been Mission Evolution on the X-Zone broadcast section. Don't forget to join us next week when, mm-hmm. once again, we'll be speaking with Sergio Magana. <laughs>